Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 160. I'm your host, Ryan. Join me this evening, Mac. Sitting here in my creepy basement wearing a face mask made of human skin. <laughs> and making his not-so-triumphant return, Ian. Hey, did you miss me? I'm back. Life got a bit crazy, but getting back on track. And we're also joined by the dumbass himself. Oh, I'm afraid you caught me with my hand in the honeypot. <laughs> A.K.A. asshole, right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was making a Winnie the Pooh reference. Well, no, he 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 was, but I just finished edit, uh, getting one of our podcasts up, and uh, Alana uh, re- referred to him as asshole instead of dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I remember that. And I'm going to make it stick. <laughs> <laughs> so how is everybody what's that I, i'm curious as to how we became amateur septic to <laughs> yeah well i'm not particularly well you, you heard it here folks brian has promised to make my asshole sticky <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, excellent all right oh we've gone there already yeah ex- exactly how's everybody doing this evening <laughs> doing good yeah all right Doing pretty good. I am. Not, I'm not on oxygen this week. That is good. I agree. I, I'm still on oxygen, but I, I've always been my whole life. Okay, I'm on so, the normal amount of oxygen. I'm not on any additional oxygen. Mm. And thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> hey, we're all smart asses here. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not all dumb asses. We reserve that for a special <laughs> guy. There was a sign uh, for a while outside uh, a neighbor's apartment door. And it said oxygen in use in here, and it like had like no smoking sign, but it also had like a no campfire thing symbol and like no gasoline <laughs> symbol. <laughs> There's no campfires just, in the apartment building. Damn you! So somebody's walking up to the door with a bundle of logs and a can of gasoline, and ah, like, <laughs> oh, damn it, have to go back. <laughs> We're so looking forward to roasting marshmallows in the living room. <laughs> I saw a sign at Walmart today. That you post for private property, letting them know that hunting and fishing is prohibited and trespassers will be prosecuted. I wanted to go up to the clerk and say, "Hey, how how much does it cost to put, how much does it cost to cross this out and put shot?" Hmm. Well, if you have to put all those signs on the door, you got to wonder about the oxygen mixture inside. <laughs> it might be a little rich. All right. Well, are we ready to masturbate? I'm ready. All right. Let's masturbate with the masturbation moment. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. 24 ways you've misunderstood sex your whole life. Well. This is an, another cracked article. You know me. I love my crack. I know you do. It's fine. <laughs> but th- this is one of the ones that they do where they ask readers to send in um, memes and such. And so this one's all based on um, various sexual um, – I know the term. It's myths? Kind of myths? Kind of old myths. wives' tales. Old wives' tales, kind of. huh? You know, we, we've already covered the one about the hymen. I, I think old That's wives know more about sex generally, don't they? Actually, I think that <laughs> well, the one here or... Well, let's start, let's start at the beginning and go through them. And yeah. we'll, we'll get to the... Oh, start we'll, at the top. 
this is this is one actually I was taught in school, so I guess a new research has debunked that. All right, so the myth is every drop of man juice can get you pregnant. The fact is there's no working sperm in pre-ejaculate. So only the actual man chowder. Right? Yeah, I, yes. I was surprised yes. about this, too. That I did not realize that this was a myth. All right, so that's the first one. Yeah. If my I guess uh, I guess because, um, like, they say it only takes one sperm, and uh, uh, apparently sperm has been found in pre-ejaculate. Um, but but uh, scientists have recently discovered, I guess, that uh, uh, the uh, small amount of sperm that is found in pre-ejaculate is, um, are non-functioning. They can't swim. So the polywogs yeah. aren't swimming is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so how do they get to the pre-ejaculate? Then? Now I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Consume me an inquiring mind. If they I'm, I'm assuming they were like in the, in the urethra or something and they're just being that flushed down by that. Well, well, that would be my but, thought. Which yeah. makes you wonder if that's the case. Um, if you if you have sex one day, could they still be in there the next? I mean, how did they get in there in the first place? It seems like at one point they had to have been mobile. Yeah. So. Well, they definitely. Or maybe they're maybe though though they're just perhaps uh, sperm that didn't form properly and were rejected. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now this next one, I'm a bit confused on because I thought there was only one size of condom. But the myth is condoms make sex terrible, and apparently the fact is you're wearing the wrong kind. Well, here's the problem: is everybody's out buying magnums. Yeah, well, it does talk about um, trying the different styles. It mentions size, which puzzled me because, like I said, I, I thought there was only one size. No, no, no. The, I, think, I think technically you can only wear magnums if you've got a mustache and a Hawaiian <laughs> shirt and a Ferrari. Condoms make sex terrible. So the fact is that you're wearing the wrong kind. Yeah, apparently uh, uh, you just need to fiddle around and uh, experiment and find one that suits you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's saying. And, and of course, if, if they're too baggy on there, that uh, might not be a good thing. So here's, I found a size chart for condoms. Let's see what it says. So yeah, apparently they come in, I thought they come in three sizes, maybe four. Uh, I, think the sli- I think the size chart says that if you're checking the size, then... You need a penis enlargement. Uh, so, the, so the, they have different ones here: uh, length, width, and then the thickness. I guess of the of the condom, ultra thin, classic. So, yeah. So they come in four sizes: snug, regular, large, and extra large. And this is from these are I don't know what, what company this is. So yeah. So apparently there are several. There's at least four sizes of condoms. So there, okay. th- there you go, Ian. You can get those. You know those uh, those snug ones that you've been needing. <laughs> okay, so the next one I actually kind of I knew. Um, it's, uh, the myth is when when cousins marry, it's a genetic disaster. The fact is, they're more likely to successfully reproduce. So I'm not. This is good news for the deep south where uh, you are right now, Brian. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's good news for us for us down here in, in Texas. <laughs> you know, if if cousins marry, what happens is the traits that are already there are strengthened. The the traits that are in the family. Are are more likely to become dominant, right? They're going to be more genetically that compatible. Mean that those traits are bad, right? Right, so, and the birth defect rate it says here is two to three percent, about the same as those of a woman who becomes pregnant in her forties. So it, it's yeah. not significantly different than um, two complete strangers. To, to be fair, so yeah, that, that I I remember I'd read something on okay. that a while ago, but, but most of the cousin thing is just a kind of taboo thing because of how closely related they are. To, to be yeah, fair, I think that the actual fact is that anywhere in the South that people marry, it's a genetic disaster. 
<laughs> I, I was going to say, to, to be fair, um, this is probably more of a Kentucky problem than a Texas problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next minute. Uh, next myth, open relationships are doomed to fail. The fact is cu- um, couples who swing communicate well. And so this one goes into the fact that actually the, the couples that are in, in open relationships communicate better and are less likely to have a lot of the um, fear, anger, jealousy and such that comes um, in strong monogamous relationships. I'm not couples surprised swing, by this at all. The, the woman has to, tell, has to be able to tell the man the appropriate time to push or else she's not going to go high enough. Now I'm a. I have a small complaint about this picture here. Both women are like uh, touching their man. The the one woman has her arm around the man's back. The other is holding the man's hand. But the two. I'm women not even sure if that's a man at all. Well, but you, you, the, here's the thing: is that her hand is in the front, and she's he's she's touching her there. Uh, maybe she's got her hand on her leg. I, I doesn't I, look like it, but she could be. <laughs> I was hoping more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there is a lot of um, uh, a lot of uh, discrimination on people who have different types of relationships. Yeah, uh, a lot of people think, uh, oh, those that kind of relationship can't work. Different relationships for different people. Well, I think that actually yeah. poly relationships actually work out quite well for the people who um, who do it. I think that they're like I think communication is huge in those relationships, right? I mean, because they have to deal with jealousy and they have to get through all of these things. So yeah. You know that hundred percent of all divorces started with marriage. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's, uh, it's easy to miss through statistics. Yeah, yes, it is. All serial killers eat bread. Uh, an open relationship or a polygamous relationship might not be for everybody, but uh, uh, some a lot of people can make it work, and there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, and if and it, actually, for more information about that, you should check out the. Um, well, the secular sexual sex. <laughs> Thanks, Ian. Secular sexuality podcast. <laughs> and, um, uh, actually, for more information about that, you should email pictures to dumbass. <laughs> 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 I will accept okay. your pictures. <laughs> On to the next one. You should avoid sex during your period. The fact sex is great for elevating, alleviating cramps. All right. Well, okay. wait, hold on. Yeah. We we missed pulling out. Oh, uh, did we? Well, that'd be Mac's fault. He missed what? <laughs> did Mac pull out too early? Yeah. No, the, the period one comes oh, before pulling out. Is down below there. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to miss pulling out. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so this is a basic... You know, maybe um, the, maybe are you telling me that I didn't pull out in time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brian's pulling out too soon. <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry. So, you know, this is a basic um, stereotype one about... Um, Sex during a period, which is, is um, what, more sorry. or less a how comfortable you are with it thing than anything else. What number are you looking at? Uh, eight, uh, 20. 20. 20. Oh, the cramps. Okay. Yeah, we're from 21 to 20. We're counting down. And in countdown, you go one at a time, not two. I don't, do, ma- I, I don't do math. Sorry. <laughs> hey, numbers are hard. <laughs> okay, so now we'll I go think to this might depend on the... All right, pulling Steve. out doesn't right. prevent pregnancy. No, no, go back. Start. I, I was just going to mention. Yeah. Wait, I was I was going to talk about uh, the cramp thing. Yeah, please. Okay, okay. I was go just going to say this might depend on the women because I've I've talked to uh, women before who an orgasm can oh. help cause cramps. Really? Yeah. Okay, so this is a personal thing, but yeah. ultimately there's no there's no real issue with having sex during somebody's period. 
No, no medical issues. No nothing medical outside issues. of you know some people are going to be a little creeped out over it, and you know some women might not might not feel comfortable with it. But that's it. Okay. So now right. for Brian's. Oh, one. thank you. Finally, we got to pulling out. <laughs> this yeah. is this is my. Okay, so th- the myth is pulling out doesn't prevent pregnancy. The fact is, it's almost as effective as condoms. Yep. So Brian. You can strudel your baby to your heart's content. <laughs> I'm just saying that I'm with Jim Jeffries when he said there's nothing better than coming in a woman's face. And you got to pull out to do it. <laughs> Although you, but this uh, one... I guess you really have to trust the guy, too. Uh, and uh, uh, the guy has to be really good at uh, at knowing, you know, when to pull yeah. out. Well, isn't, isn't, definitely... isn't the point of this, though, that it's it's as the the it's, it's effective to pull out. Right. But that. I don't. Does this take into uh, account mistakes? I mean, well, but the, yeah, that um, just like when condoms are used correctly, they're um, more effective. It says when used imperfectly, the sex rate, the success rate drops by over ten percent. Well, in some of these statistics, so, you gotta you gotta want you gotta look into because like vasectomies have a have like are, they're like ninety nine or ninety eight percent right? They're not a hundred percent. Well, why isn't it? Well. Because there's, there's, you know, there's always some, you know, caveats here and there. Yeah. So yeah. And it also mentions that um, pulling out does not do anything for STDs. So you except know, spread them. Condoms are definitely the better choice. So. And number eighteen, a myth: Men hit their sexual peak much younger than women. Fact: Hormones don't dictate when you hit your peak. Basically, it's um, the, the myth has always been when your hormones at their best, that's when you're the you're best sexually. But the truth is that it doesn't quite work because you're also inexperienced in sex and, they t- uh, and less comfortable with sex. And so th- this goes into the fact that actually middle-aged women um, are at their sexual peaks because they've had time to experiment and become comfortable. And that plays a har- much bigger role than hormones. Okay. So it's, it's more cultural than it is physical. Yeah. This one, this one, okay, this next one I was surprised about, sex sells. Yeah, sex. this one yeah. definitely is surprising. Sex yeah. makes people so forget. So the myth is sex sells. The fact apparently is sex makes people forget what you're selling. Um, that is a nice picture. What were we talking about? <laughs> yeah, and that's the way it is. You're, you're, you're yeah. more concerned with the sex than what the product is. And I can kind of see that. I remember the Carl Jr.'s commercial. Um, and I had seen those a few times and didn't pay any attention to the brand or anything. Yeah, I just... And just, oh... I guess I That's guess it's pretty hot the way she's eating that hamburger. It makes sense, but man, I how many times have I said sex sells? I I I, I just I took that for granted. But I so wow. Yeah, we do. Yeah. But, now sex uh, attracts. Yeah, it's one attention. of those truisms that you. It's one of those truisms that you just don't question. I, yeah, it, it certainly was. Yeah. Yeah, I think that humor sells more than sex does. Yeah, but stuff like um the the story of the Energizer Bunny. The first time they put out, people remembered the commercial, but couldn't remember the product. It was a brilliant commercial. It was very memorable, but no one remembered what company the battery was, and so they really emphasized it being the Energizer Bunny. And it's the same kind of thing. Um, you can do a great marketing campaign that, oh, this is cool, but if you don't get them to understand what the product is, you know, and sex is that. Sex is something that can draw you in and get your attention, but it's not going to make you focus on what the product is. Right. Sure. So, okay, number fourteen. Oh no, sixteen. Sorry. Number 16, any man can learn to last longer. Fact, some men are just wired for quick quickies. Basically, this goes into the idea that, um... Wait, let me finish what you're saying. According to New York sex therapist Steven, Steven Snyder, to his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it goes into the idea that, um, you know, if, if you're quick to unload, 
um, you can learn how to hold it in better and say, actually, no, the, the, um, you know, if, if that's your problem, you need to learn some other stuff to make sure your partner gets um, pleased because, it, you know, that's its natural thing. Certain men can last longer and certain just can't. That's it. So I always try to keep another one in the quiver. The, <laughs> the pro tip here is get really, really good at afterplay. But I would say foreplay is just, it would be, yes. in, you know, I, I would say foreplay. Get good at foreplay. Get a, get her get yes. a re, you know get her revved up really good before you try and you know do anything more. All right, I agree. Yeah. So there's yeah, my pro number, tip. Ready? Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Number fifteen. Men like casual sex. Women don't. Fact. Women are open to good casual sex, and that's basically. You know, I don't know if we even need to elaborate on that. Women no. like casual sex as much as men. That's yeah. You know, I, uh, well, but keep going. Just keep going. Okay. Number 14, don't have sex before the big game. And basically, this is one that foot, I, I've heard football players talk about. And, you know, oh, I have to keep my energy up, get myself ready so I'm at my best for the game so I can't have sex because that throws me off. I think it's actually no sex before. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact is sex doesn't affect your sporting. It, it only. only I, yeah. I, I, I think that S is like not needed. The, the uh, I, think, I think it's just. They're making a cute word. It's forcing this. Yeah, they have an extra S in there that's throwing me off. The the caveat here is... Basically, it's saying sex doesn't burn off that many calories. It won't tire you out. And if you're worried it'll drain your testosterone, sex actually causes the body to produce more testosterone. So it should actually make the men more competitive. This is probably like an extension of that old myth that that semen contains some sort of vital life fluid or something. Right. I would would imagine that... That getting a proper night's sleep is is probably is probably more um, going to affect right. your game than having sex before. And and having sex before you go to bed helps you sleep. So yeah, absolutely. I, I think that the whole no sex before the sporting event thing comes from the man's going to be angrier on the field. I think that's what it all <laughs> is all about. He's going to be angrier. He's not going to be relaxed. <laughs> so then, you know, it should be don't have any sex a week or two before the game. That's right. You really, really <laughs> make yourself Yeah, I get angry. all that sexual frustration pent up and just go crazy. If you win this game, you can get laid. If not, you have to go another week. So, so let me guess. The coach has two rules. No sex, no masturbating, and no raping. Well, the third one should just be a general rule all the time. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. There, there's a uh, Amy Schumer skit where the where that's his that's his only rule: no raping. And and you know, and they're like, "What?" Yeah. So you know, the team is upset about that rule. It's 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 a it's a, it's a funny skit. Yeah, Amy Schumer, check out. Yeah. Okay. So no raping. 13. No raping. What? <laughs> so number thirteen is one we have covered. Because it relates relates to the hymen, although this isn't the hymen one. Um, a, a woman's first time will be painful. The fact is only if she's not relaxed or conscious. <laughs> and so basically, um, you know, it, we basically make women have this problem by telling them that it's going to hurt the first time, which makes them more nervous about the first time, which means they'll be less likely to be relaxed. Yeah. So basically, the ultimate the, the answer here is that it doesn't have to hurt the first time. Right, you know, you know, get the women relaxed, um, play with them a bit. That's another thing this comes, um, that we've talked about. I think right, this you comes know, back to get the, them wet ahead of time. It's going to be more comfortable for them that first time. Right, this is the so whole foreplay. Sure yeah, yeah. Okay, learn yourself some number foreplay, 12. man. Number twelve. When you get older, you stop having sex. 
fact, old people are having tons of sex. And if you don't want to be, um, if you're the kind of person that gets um, kind of disgusted by the idea of old people having sex, don't read the rest of this meme. But it does talk about how, you know, um, old people are getting it on. Right, and they're getting it on so, so, and they have an STD problem because of it. <laughs> yep. Uh, but but you're probably less yes, worried you, about it at that point, right? <laughs> your, your grandparents are still doing it, people. Live with it. I hope not. My poor grandparents. They're still doing it. Does it, how do you, how do you, when you, if you think about your grandparents having sex, what, how does that make you feel inside? <laughs> hey, <laughs> this is the ultimate. I wouldn't be here if they didn't have sex to begin with. This I kind of have to accept it. This is the ultimate you know, birth control right I've here. Never admitted to anything like that. I have proof that they'd have that they've had sex at least six times. <laughs> this is the this is the ultimate birth control plan. Thinking of your parents and grandparents having sex. <laughs> now what? what, what if that doesn't for you? <laughs> oh, oh, let me guess. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm putting up pictures of my parents and grandparents <laughs> and doing it. Challenge accepted. <laughs> uh, okay, on to 11. The morning after pill induces abortion. Fact. Plan B prevents ovulation. Basically, morning after pill just keeps the woman from releasing an egg. That's it. So you're saying that instead of killing a potential life, it completely prevents a potential life. Right. But there is so... But, they... And basically, it doesn't, if, if she's already ovulating, the egg's on its way, it can't stop that. So it can only stop the body from um, releasing um, fresh ones. This yeah, gets... the, the whole thing about it being the RU486 being an abortion pill oh, yeah. is just something that was dreamed up to make it a hot button top. No, no, yeah. no. Here's the thing is that there is an actual abortion pill, right? And so the, they're confusing the two pills is what's happening. There is there right. is an actual pill for abortion. Um, in fact, someone in, oh, where was it? Indianapolis? No, I can't remember where now. Indiana? Might be Indiana. Um, she's on trial, uh, she's in jail right now because she took the abortion pill and had a miscarriage through it. And the way the laws are, um, you know, she could face jail time. I, I just read the whole article today and it was kind of, you know, but yeah, the, the, so there's a difference between the two. Yeah, I thought, are you 40, are you 486 is the abortion pill and the other one is plan B. Okay. Plan, so, so, so okay. those are the two pills. Yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've had this talk before too. Yeah. All right. Okay. On to where we're eleven now, aren't we? No, ten. On to ten. Once you get married, the sex stops. Incorrect. Once you have children, the sex. <laughs> Bullshit. That's not true. <laughs> yeah. That's a lie. But uh, according to the studies, married people are having way more sex than singles, and there's some logic to that. I mean, when you're married, you're there. You don't have to go out looking for it. So. Right. Totally. All right. On to number nine. And also, I want to numbers. These numbers right here are kind of strange, though. It says fifty percent of young married couples are having sex two or three times a week. We, meanwhile, more than fifty percent of young single people haven't had sex in over a year. That seems like kind of comparing apples and oranges. Yeah. Well, and you know, it doesn't say how many of those young married people having sex more than two or three times a week are actually having sex with their partners. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the other thing I want to point out here is that. This whole having sex thing, you know, with me and my wife is part of my my plan. You know that that's it for you know the kids. Once again, knowing that their parents are having sex, they they you know they <laughs> want that image in their mind. You know, it, it's it's part of my birth control plan. Okay. 
Uh, number nine, women prefer prefer jocks to brainy guys. Uh, apparently, the fact is women want their men to be smart. Um, college-led women... Studies show that creativity and overall braininess of the potential suitors won out over good looks and athleticism. And I'm wondering if this is actually is that changing at, culture the key. and the fact that um, that nerds are becoming ascendant. Whereas in the past, we were, well, I mean, everybody is wired to pick their potential mate based on fitness. And it could be that guys who are smarter appear fitter now. Well, also, I think you marry the smart guy, you just have casual sex with the, with the jock. Yeah. They're not uh, just I, good marriage. I'm not the smart guy. Hey, 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 hey. I've been trying to hey. say this for a little while, okay? Uh, I've been trying to say here, the, the key here is that uh, they had the woman evaluate these guys as potential for a long-term mate, which is a different thing, as Brian was saying there. Go on. <laughs> But, no, I just I just explained to Brian. I, I've had no desire to marry a smart guy or sleep with a dumb guy. <laughs> just you know, my personal taste. Touche, my friend. Touche. <laughs> now, eight's the one we have covered really extensively. Right, and if they a get woman's it, a virgin. She has a hymen. They get this wrong here too. It's that that the, the, the they say it's a fact that it's long gone by the time you have sex. That's not true. The hymen can grow back, and and the hymen actually softens uh, with age. Yeah. Well, they, they, they explain – well, yeah, they, they open up saying it's long gone by the time you have sex. But it goes into being a bit more accurate Okay. Um, about it. Yeah. You know, it, it's I, not – really, by the time they're sexually active, there's not really much there. Well, but here's the thing. Is that we need to get our hymen. A lot of the time, a lot of time there isn't. But, um, I mean, it can still be painful for a woman, like going back to, to that last one. And, like, the hymen can still provide a bit of resistance, although it's not like a barrier like a lot of people tend to think it is. Right. right. And once more, if you get the woman relaxed and get her wet and well lubricated, it shouldn't be an issue. Which is why you always carry a super soaker in the bedroom. <laughs> if it's filled with Astroglide, yes. <laughs> Hey, Ian never said wet with what? See, I'm actually, I'm picturing that being in Brian's bedroom. <laughs> I'll never tell. That's not that true. One's worth, that one's worth uh, 500 words. Okay. Number seven. The right herbs can get you in the mood. Apparently the fact is herbal aphrodisiacs can kill you. But basically there's been, no, despite all of the um, old wine tales and such, there's never been anything proven to work as a true aphrodisiac. Well, um, what if you're but reading? Apparently... But, but oysters are t- shaped like vaginas. That seems like rock solid. <laughs> what if you're and reading? Asparagus shaped like a penis. How, how can they not work? What if you're reading this but at apparently... four twenty? Huh? <laughs> right? What if it? What? No. What? Oh, sorry. What was that? What if you're reading this at four twenty? Four twenty. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah, uh. yeah. You're from Colorado. I'd expect you to get it. I'll, uh, you know, the Canadian could have a pass. <laughs> I just didn't hear you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so next up, girls go wild in college. Apparently, the fact is college women are less likely to dabble. Mm. Um, basically, it says that um, women who are in college are actually less likely to experiment with lesbianism than um, high school dropouts. Really? I'm really disappointed by this. I imagine that this. depends on whether you're in a sorority or not. <laughs> no. And again, I wonder if this is... I wonder if this is our changing culture again, because, you know, we, we came out of an era. This this myth came up at the end of the hippie free love thing. Yeah, I, yeah, that could be. All right. Moving on. 
Okay. Number five. Contraception happened during sex. Fact. I think you mean you conception. conception, not oh, contraception. Conception. <laughs> Number five. It's supposed to happen. Number I mean, five. sometimes. Conception happens during sex. Fact. It can take up to a week. This um was something I knew, again, ahead of time, but. You know, yeah, the, the idea that, you know, the moment you have sex, that's when you conceive. No. No, it, it takes time. The little guys have to move around and swim and find their um, target. So, and they can live up in there for up to seven days. Whoa. Inception doesn't happen. It doesn't happen during, during sex either. <laughs> but this brings me back to the... Christopher okay, but this brings me back to the whole idea of um, what the pre-ejaculate, having sperm yeah. in it. If they can live for seven days... How, how how can we be sure that that there isn't some in there somewhere? I don't know. I I'm 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 calling that one as potential bogus. Worse, Brian. If they're Kryptonian, they can live indefinitely. Right. Inside or outside the world. See now I'm thinking of Man of Steel, Woman of Clean. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. Gets himself off. He's pregnant. No, no. If, if they're Kryptonian, they they oh, need the light from the yellow yeah. sun. In ah. order to live indefinitely like that and have their superpowers, so you keep them in the Otherwise, dark. Otherwise, yeah, keep keep them inside the womb. They're go- they're not going to be getting the energy from the yellow sun. They'll they'll be normal sperm. <laughs> oh, I love that we can have this discussion. We are geeks. <laughs> okay, number four: take a cold shower to kill your libido. Fact: cold showers raise hormone levels. So apparently, um, cold showers are actually going to make you hornier. I I can attest that I mean anecdotally this is true for me. Like if like if you're in a warm place and stuff like that, oh, it's just awful. But cold, yeah, let's get it on. And well, the, the, cold the, the, shower is also going to give you a boost of adrenaline, and that'll also cause other hormones to go up. That's not true in Texas though. Down here in Houston, uh, when we turn on the cold water, it's still hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, the mist probably comes from that. Uh, there's some shrinkage in the cold. Um, oh, but that I, doesn't necessarily mean that uh, that you're not horny. That's true. I just think about baseball. <laughs> and as our countdown goes, number three, chocolate gets you in the mood for love. Fact, but only if you eat an insane amount. So basically the... Um, well, what if you've got a chocolate uh, finish? The, the <laughs> serotonin that's supposed to trigger the sexual stuff. Um, it's very small amounts. And you'd need to eat quite a bit of chocolate to get yourself there to have any effect whatsoever. So similar to the um, myth about tur- um, turkey being what puts you to sleep. No. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the amount in our food is so minute that it has no real effect. It says you'd be more likely to enter a diabetic coma than you would <laughs> feel any chocolate-induced afterglow. Number two. Casual sex will mess you up emotionally. Fact, it's, a great, it's great for your well-being. I think casual sex will mess you up emotionally if you don't want it to be casual and the other person does. Well, that's what in it they well, say, it, if they're doing it for the right reasons. You know, if you're basically... And also, this, um, go ahead. I, I'm just going to say, this is, this, is, uh, th- this is a myth that's put out by the abstinent-only education people. Uh, right. Their, their teaching curriculum has this as a reason not to uh, have sex before a marriage because, you know, mm. it, it'll, it, it'll just, like, mess you right up. It will tear your soul and asunder, child. Yeah, yeah, basically, if you go into casual sex with a healthy mentality to begin with, it's fine. You know, if, if you are messed up ahead of time, it's not going to help you. But, you know, if you're just having fun, say, hey, let's do it. You know, the, it actually apparently helps your self-esteem and it gives you all the benefits of sex. 
I love and it. The number and, one reason. And it says, and wait, wait, hold on. It says, and the winner is, this is great. I don't know how to pronounce the asterisk, but you guys go ahead. <laughs> People, People who are, are into, into BDSM, BDSM are sick. Are sick. Uh, fix. <laughs> fix. Uh, <laughs> Six Luke's? bucks. <laughs> oh, uh, bucks. Think, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think that the asterisk is pronounced Walmart. <laughs> so, Walmart. F Walmart. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Boy, that's uh... so. So the fact is, actually, they're psychologically healthy. Um, and, um, you know, insane. They are secure in their relationships. Researchers speculate that it might be because they're satisfied with their sex lives. So basically, people who are trying this stuff and experimenting and having fun with sex are very healthy. They, you know, they have a very healthy, good mentality towards sex. Score. Absolutely, I, I completely <laughs> agree with that. I mean, like, it doesn't even have to be BDSM said, no. or unusual sex. I'm like anything that you're into. If you're willing to explore and to uh, try different types of things that might get you going. I mean, that means that you're really open-minded and you're into having fun with this kind of stuff. Well, yeah, and, yeah, and so to to Dumbass's point, this is any time any fantasy that you have that you're willing to share with your partner and 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 to, you know and actually act it out. Yeah, and experiment, see what you actually enjoy. If you if one of you doesn't like it, you don't have to do it again. Right. Hold but on. by experimenting, that's actually a good thing for couples to do. It's communicating. It's finding stuff you like to do together. It's learning about each other. I mean, that's what it's supposed to be when you're right. in a relationship. So this can be anything, right? Yeah. Oh, hey, Jen, we're getting the pony. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think the picture rope work looks Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> so, only if we, oh, only if we have goats for the petting zoo. <laughs> All right. Okay. But of course, we now know that everything we just talked about is wrong. All because of the public health crisis, right? Right, exactly. We know every. Uh, uh, well, you know what? I think I really think well, that porn is uh, a problem. None of this stuff talks about we didn't porn. talk about oh. that much pornography in the last article. True. Okay, well, dumbass, take us away. All right, so here, well, hold on. So this is from the HuffPo GOP platform identifies pornography as a national public health crisis. Oh, finally, tell me, tell <laughs> yes, <laughs> they, they've really apparently they've toughened their stance on porn. Um. <laughs> Uh, actually, uh, the, they've pr- they've quoted the previous uh, their previous stance on porn, which was uh, real not simple. quite as strong. Well, where, it, where, there, yeah, the previous one just indicated that um, that it was child porn that was the main public health yeah. crisis. We urge active prosecution against child pornography, which is closely linked to the horrors of human trafficking. Current laws on all forms of pornography. And obscenity need to be vigorously enforced. That was their previous stance. So, how, what, which um, I, was I think s- none of us can object to uh, uh, prosecuting child pornography. No, but right. I I do wonder if the if they're if they're uh, making a link to uh, human trafficking is I don't I don't think that those I don't know if I would link those. Are those actually linked? Probably not. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I haven't read a lot about. I haven't read a lot about the child pornography industry and whether they uh, use child trafficking to get their they could but porn stars so to speak. I, I would I would say that those are um, two separate issues. They may yeah. be related. I mean, I know I know like uh, human trafficking is used for sex slavery. Right, that's true. I don't know yeah. if those if those two are linked. It, it kind of sounds. I would like assume what they're, they're doing is they're saying, okay, child pornography is bad. 
okay, everybody agrees child pornography is bad. Yep. And they're saying pornography is bad. And they're seeing who's going well, to yeah, the, disagree with that. Oh, so you're putting yeah, a, new, yeah. um, and, and this is, this was unanimous. I think that they're, I think they're easing us into a new agenda. Right. So, so read the new statement. The new one, and this was unanimously adopted uh, by all the Republican delegates, um, uh, calling it a public health crisis and a public menace that is destroying life. It says, uh, pornography, with its harmful effects, especially on children, has become a public health crisis that is destroying the life of millions. It says life of millions should be lives of millions. We encourage states to continue to fight this public menace and pledge our commitment to children's safety and well-being. Should and that, this is the old idea that if a child well, gets linking, its hands on pornography, they're linking that regular will, like, ruin the standard child. pornography to children. <laughs> yeah, what's well, um, you know, the idea? You know, what about the children? That's what they always love to focus on. Is you know, we think it's morally wrong, so we have to make sure you you do. And the, our argument is going to be it hurts the children. Whether or not we have any proof of that doesn't matter. They've been doing this for centuries now, and they've never once had proof that it hurts the children one bit. But that doesn't stop them from saying it. Remember that these. I mean, are... of course, of course, I don't think it's appropriate to give child complete uh, access to, like, allow them to buying pornography in stores and stuff. That might not be appropriate, or like uh, anything along those lines. But it's not something to freak out about if a child gets his hands on a porno magazine or something. And well, um, nowadays with the internet, yeah, like or looks up a porn website or anything like that. It, it's not going to be a huge deal, I don't think. It's something I think no, we can turn not... a blind eye. I don't think either of my boys have been messed up over the stuff I know they've looked up online. <laughs> and I know they've looked stuff up online. I've caught them and I've talked to them about it. So what, We've what, ha- had fun discussions because of it, but I don't think either of them are going to be all screwed up about um, sex or anything like that. What, what do those discussions entail? I mean, are, are you telling them not to do it? Or are you just trying to tell them what th- – listen, this isn't real? I, well, no, are, are you giving I, them I, pointers I, onto the porn site? Right, exactly. Like, you, don't go yeah. – right, well, I, I, I don't. I don't think it's a bad thing, but obviously, I can't encourage them. That's a bit improper. Why not? Why, why is it? Why is it improper? It's like you know, you know, this is the way it really is. You do understand the difference. This is fancy. This is reality. Okay. Yeah, you know, things like that. Now, time know, for the weekly family circle. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, no, I, I've never, you know, punished them for doing. It, although I did have to erase one of those um, email account one time when he. Uh, decided to join up to an adult's um, dating site that was very, very, very adult. That's awesome. So he he did lose that um, email. We completely deleted that account because it was getting way too crazy. Really? Yeah, that was that was probably a poor decision. Not you deleting <laughs> that will that will prevent him from doing that again. All in I the can future. say is that if pornography was illegal, I'd need a much smaller hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, isn't, isn't it the opposite? Because if pornography was illegal, you'd be saving more of your stuff to hard drive the the hard drive <laughs> in case uh, when the sites get taken down. I'm sorry, who stores porn? You stream it. Why would anybody be storing it? I store porn. Oh, <laughs> why, why would oh that, you, is, that is true. Like, why, why would you, you keep a list of bookmarks of your favorite videos? No, you would download them, have them on your... And, and of course, if the internet goes out, geez, why wouldn't you store the stuff? <laughs> I, I don't know. I I just want something fresh every time, so I don't store it. I I I don't I don't look backwards. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> look, I store my favorites and look for new stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. But what I love is the GOP seem to be making a bigger deal about this and some of this other stuff, and ignoring completely the fact that 
you kind of need to work in the economy right now. That didn't seem to be anywhere. Okay. In, in the, the, Repub- the RNC um, declaration. Well, because it, anything it, at all about the economy. It was if, about sex. It was about um, getting the Bibles in schools. All this other stuff that's like, okay, do you even give a damn that the economy is falling apart at this right. point? Let's yeah. focus on pornography instead. Well, but yeah. here's the thing is that. No, no, they're on the right track. They're they're on the right track because here's the deal. If they get everybody else to stop distributing porn, then the government can step in, distribute porn, and they can balance the budget. (laughs) That is a huge revenue stream that they are giving up here is all I'm saying. The the government needs to get in on this porn stuff. Uh, All right. Moving on? I think think, – here's the thing. The the thing that actually that disturbs me most about this platform – is uh is not the porn stuff. I mean, we I, I that that I mean, while it, they're wrong, right? It's the actual um, it's the actual that they're adding in. Oh, where is it here? It's the um that they're adding in the gay uh conversion therapy that they are yeah. supporting gay conversion therapy. I mean, this is dangerous. This this is really it, dangerous. Yeah, and it's been proven to be dangerous. Right, I, exactly. And there's no doubt about it. Well, it did fix Marcus Bachman, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's been proven to cause that um, homosexual to be more suicidal. Exactly, because all it is it's is like no, you, it's this shaming. Is proven, this is shown. It Why is are you just guys shaming. Still focusing on this, yeah, it's just shaming. That's all it is. Gay conversion yeah. therapy is shaming, and so that actually, I actually found that one more disturbing actually than the pornography is. Is I agree. You know, well, it's, I, it's, the pornography thing is about shaming too. It's about yeah, it is. You, yeah, it's yeah. shaming about you. You want to shame people about their sexuality, and that's uh, what the whole thing is all about. I think, and well, uh, that's, that's the main uh, focus. You know, it seems to me that the most healthy, well-adjusted people that I've, I've heard of are people who are not forced to choose between men or women, but just love who they love. Yeah. But you, you look at the RNC this year, they were big on the scare tactics, big they're, on making you be afraid of everything. Their whole platform, the, the whole platform. Now, to be fair, this is all non-binding. This is all just pandering, right? Yeah. It, it, they, do, they don't have to do anything with the platform. It is pure pandering. And, and well, probably that's... Non-binding, I mean, they're they're less likely to be into BDSM porn than anything else. <laughs> yeah, and here's the thing: is that the people that are that are that are putting that on paper that oh that this is a public health crisis are going home and consuming porn. I mean, we, most likely, yeah, we 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 know that 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 this is just. But they're feeling really guilty about it after. Well, okay, no. <laughs> but but yeah. if but if shame gets you off, they're going into the office and telling my telling their wife, "I'm going to do some research on the public health crisis." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold my calls. <laughs> so, this next section, I today, I it's normally the jackass of the week, but I am going to, aka Nate, dub this the jumping on the fear train. So, this is Rick Wilds. Do you guys know who who Rick Wilds is? I think we've talked about him. I think we, we have too. He's a you know he's a Christian fundamentalist. I think he wrote the book. Uh, he wrote a really bad book. Um, oh, I forget which one it was. But anyway, so basically, Pokemon Go. Is huge, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I I'm playing it. I know that uh, that Ian's playing it. Uh, and uh, it's it, it's um everybody's doing it, man. You go out. I mean, lots and lots of people are doing this. But uh, me me and my boys have gone out, you know, together doing it. It's a family thing for us now. Yeah, that's, and so um 
and actually the kids and I have been out, you know, hitting pokey stops and stuff like that. So, but what Rick Wilds, Rick Wilds saw somebody taking, he thought was taking pictures of his building or something, which of course disturbs him because usually when somebody's doing that, I, I imagine that, you know, they're, you know, they're getting ready to bomb him. Um, but this time the person was just playing Pokemon Go. So they weren't taking pictures. They were catching Pokemon. And I don't know if you, if you guys know how this works, but essentially, if there's a Pokemon in your area, you click on him, and then you kind of use your camera to aim at him, and you throw a Pokeball at him. That I mean, that that's yeah, what seventy percent of the game. Um, yeah. And, and so, but what he, what Rick Wilds believes that this technology is going to be used for is for hunting Christians. Muslims are going to use this technology to hunt Christians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love this line. Pokemon masters may soon start telling people to kill people in those buildings. <laughs> <laughs> what the what? What the fuck? I, I'm completely lost by that logic. It's like, what? <laughs> I don't. I don't get I'm it. I'm gonna get more Pokemon if I kill someone. How does yeah. that work? I I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're worth more Pokemon. No, when you register for Pokemon Go, you have to tell them whether you're Christian or Muslim. Right. Exactly. Right. They. That's one. Of, that's the first question they ask. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. No, how 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 is this going to be that, used? Uh, I think once you register for Pokemon Go, isn't part of the dialogue and in, in, isn't part of the language of the the agreement that you forfeit your soul? <laughs> well, yeah, but that's with any video game. Isn't yeah, it? right. I think yeah, so. In fact, i i have I have signed so many of those things playing video games. I don't know who owns my soul anymore. <laughs> I don't know if it's Final Fantasy. I don't know if it's Street Fighter. It could be. I mean, it could be anybody. I'm pretty sure it's Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do have a good chunk of my soul, I imagine. I, I looked it up. It's Pac-Man. Oh, no, it's not Pac-Man. I'm sure of that. <laughs> so, yeah, so I. Yeah, this, is just... this is just funny. I mean, this is I mean, yeah. it, and here it is, is that they, this is really going out of their way to generate fear. <laughs> I mean, what a stretch, isn't it? Holy mackerel. No, it's bringing people together. I mean, you go out, um, Belmar Park over here. You walk around there any evening right now. There yes. are hundreds of people walking around just having fun. Hey, uh, Brian. And, what but, uh, but we can't, we can't escape the fact started? that they're having fun seeing demons. <laughs> yeah, what, computer what generated. Are, are they sour? Yeah, they're they sour. sour to you? They seem a little sour. Yeah. Yeah. This is basically. Well, you know, they're playing Pokemon Go when they should be in my church. Well, obviously, Pokemon Go is evil. Yeah, they're not Valor Grapes. That's all I'm saying, which would be Red Grapes. All right, and the crickets means it's time to move on. <laughs> and now we can go to the creature feature. Yeah, the hey, this, feature. it's back. The feature that nobody asked to have come back. <laughs> all right. That's not true. So I, I found wait, this, wait, hold on, hold on. I've asked several times. You've essentially got tribes in Africa forming a partnership with these small, relatively small songbirds called honey guides. And the, the songbirds are taking them to honey in, a, in order for a, ch a share of the profits. They are uh, similar to woodpeckers. They're small birds, though. And it's, cool. it's interesting because you would not expect wild birds to necessarily form a partnership with humans. You know, we know we all know about pet birds, pet parrots, and everything else, and they have a relationship with their human. But you wouldn't necessarily expect wild birds to form this kind of a relationship. The thing of it is, it's not that uncommon. There are fishermen who use um, cormorants in the uh, in Southeast Asia. They use cormorants to fish for them. Cormorants bring up the fish, and 
get a share of the fish. So Mac and the cormorants kept from swallowing the fish by a string around the neck. So what what are these birds getting out of this? Uh, out of the uh, they're, out of they're getting the, honey uh, the leftover honeycomb. They get of the honey. Yeah, so they're eating the beeswax. So how long have they been doing yeah. this? Huh? How, how long? Did, how long have they been doing this? Uh, let's. It says in the article, like um, since they're communicating uh, with each other by sounds, and since like it the says uh, it Stone Age at least the dot, but the relationship between dogs and humans by thousands of hundreds of thousands of years. So they've been doing this for a very long time. So how did the researchers figure this out? I'm looking. I didn't see that in the article. <laughs> apparently, apparently they measured uh, how successful uh, the hunters were. Yeah, so they, um, they, they played... By, by when, when they had the help of the birds and when they didn't have the help of the birds. Right, and so they played um, sounds that the, the birds recognized. Um, they, they were kind of cues. And so, and, and, they, and, they, and they did that, and they compared that to other random animal sounds, and they could tell that the birds were responding to the specific sounds compared to the other sounds. And they, so they were more successful when they, were, when, um, when they played the proper sounds. So they had recordings, and, and the, the, depending on the recordings, that they were, um, you know, they, they, they apparently were able to record the right cues for the birds as opposed to random animal sounds. So the birds were definitely re- recognizing and responding to these certain cues. So it was pretty neat that the, the relationship between the, between these, um, between these, uh, I, I don't know, the, these people and the birds was, um, they, it was pretty tight, you know, they, and, they were what they were 54% effective with the birds and only like 18% effective without them 17 without them so 54% um they found honey 54% of the time with the birds and 17% without so the the failure rates without the birds was extremely high and so uh, um and the birds have a um have a high um the doing this actually is very good for them because the humans have ways to get the honeycomb, and this is a large part of their diet. And they say that uh, the, the, this uh, beeswax that they're eating is like uh, 80%, it has 80% of their calories in a month. So it's very important for the birds. This relationship is just as important to the birds as it is, it is to the humans to, to, right. um, to, to continue. I, I, wonder, say, Brian, I wonder if the birds know that it's a symbiotic relationship, that they're helping the humans get honey, or whether they think that the humans are just uh helpful creatures that are willing to help them out at their beck and call i don't know that's a good question they probably think that they're using the humans as tools yeah based upon my own relationships (laughs) but um (laughs) you know it, it really doesn't take a long time for birds to figure out a beneficial relationship with humans and carry it on for more than a generation we've been feeding the birds in the neighborhood at a particular spot and they've gotten to the point where if they don't see us, they come and wait and give us dirty looks until we put food down there. Yeah, we put up some. We put some uh, food in the squirrel feeders, and uh, occasionally birds will come by too. <laughs> now, to your question before, apparently um, this depends on the humans' use of fire and hand axes. Um, so uh, they're speculating that uh, since uh, those. Uh, Talon State back to the lower Paleolithic. The relationship could be more than a million years old. Isn't that isn't that crazy? That it's been going on yeah. that long. That I find that amazing. Well, that's just, that's just speculation. We don't know okay. for sure, but that's when those technologies came came about. Yeah. Well, I mean, so it it, it could be at most that old. If this is eighty percent of the birds' calories per month, they've got to. I mean, they, they've got to be getting that to that 
the wax somehow. And this is apparently the easiest way that they found to do it. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. What else you got here, Mac? All right. So the seagulls have gotten so aggressive in Ocean City, New Jersey, that they they don't need to be encouraged any longer. And the police are going to start cracking down on it and basically ticketing anyone they see feeding a bird. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, the seagulls have gotten aggressive to the point where they're trying to snatch things from children and things like that. Up to a $500 fine in 90 days in prison. Yep. Wow. Seagulls don't take that much encouragement either. No, probably not. Seagulls kind of assume that you're going to feed them. We have some birds down here. We have seagulls and we have some other birds that are extremely aggressive. It's amazing how close, you know, if you're sitting outside eating, man, they will be hovering in the, you know, just waiting for something to drop. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Um, we don't they, have any seagulls in Colorado, but we do have parking lot gulls. Oh, is that what they are? <laughs> we have actual yeah. seagulls. Yeah, interesting. So they're, so they're cracking down on the seagulls. I don't really like the fact that they're considering the gulls to be uninvited guests because essentially... It's the gulls' environment in the first place. Yeah, but we're humans. We belong everywhere. Yeah, we take it over. Well, anyway, the third article in there. Yes, the third, third article in there was uh, they're trying to they're trying to coax the loons back to the certain place. They're trying to get a nesting pair established so that their children will see it as their territory. They're trying to get the loons back to um, Wyndham, Maine. Yeah, Wyndham, Maine is where the article came from. Okay. Um, but it looks like just generally, it's a, to a lake south of Boston, but just generally to Massachusetts because they've become really scared, scarce there. Yeah, apparently, basically, they were wiped out um, by 1898, but they somehow began returning in the 1970s. And so they're hoping to... Yeah, they, they are really susceptible to being disturbed, though, in their habitat. So they tend to try to go to where the habitat is undisturbed. Apparently, the loons are not birds that urbanize real well. Unlike the seagulls. Yeah, seagulls uh, um, ha- have not had much of an issue, have they? No, they uh, urbanize relatively well. Yeah. All right, we're waiting for dumbass to come back. While we're doing that, I want to cover... I thought I had... I don't see them now. I had two I had two things in here for the moon conspiracy stuff, and one of them is gone yeah. now. Yeah, they're there. There's two of them. Why do I only see one? I saw them both. Yeah. I did earlier, I, I but one of them is gone. You see there's them both? Them. And since, since they're both there. Wait. I don't see. I think them. Brian just forgot how to count. Uh, maybe I don't see them. I, yeah. Only under what the fuck? I only see one. I only see the one now. Well, one of them has oh, disappeared. There, there yeah. were more there earlier. What, yeah. what happened? I don't know. What? That's not that good. Is. Let me see. But anyway, so since we're already talking about loons, let's move on to the moon. Okay. Well, I, we need to find that. Um, I'll get the other one back in there. Yeah. Yeah, Max has both links opened. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah, put it back in there. So I don't this know. One of them got deleted somehow. Okay, so somebody try uh, to undo and see if you accidentally deleted so those. It's, it's this one that's missing. Okay, Max got it, so he'll put it back in for us. So, um, I was listening actually to uh, I was listening to the Atheist Experience podcast, and this guy called in, and he was he made a claim that um, the moonlight, what that light coming off the moon is cooler. Than the area around it. So basically, if you uh, if you if you attempt something in the shadow versus what something that moonlight is hitting, it was colder. The moonlight was. Yeah, that doesn't seem physically possible. Well, so basically, this was an um, the the flat earther saying that um, it's proving the Earth is flat because and the moon is not reflecting 
light from the sun, but is instead the light's being drained from the earth, I think is the logic here. Okay, well, that's not the claim that I read, and that could be a claim. The one that I read is that the moon is producing its own light, and it has anti-photon um, characteristics, so that's why it gets colder. Okay. So here's what these I, people... I've heard somebody once light is photon, claim that so you how could can... get a moon can that would be pale white. Yeah, it's... How, how can photons be so anti-photons? it's the same kind of stuff. That... It's, it's, it's still reflecting sunlight from the moon. It's still photons. Photons do certain things. And so basically, well, okay, so simply the, the moon, the light generated by the moon has different characteristics and it makes things cold is what they're saying. Um, yeah, it's paler. Well, because it's a reflection. Because it's a reflection, right? And they're also uh, the other, reflective surface. The other claim that they're making is that the, that the light couldn't reflect in this, in, uh, in the say in that way for what and i don't know what, how they come up with that one so but here's here's how they did the testing is that i watched several of these online and and this one that's on here is um actually one of the better ones believe it or not um is it they'll put down some sort of uh, sheet of cloth or paper and then they'll they take an ir temperature gauge uh and so it's a temperature gun. If you, I don't know if you've seen them. You 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 point it at something and it and it gives you a the temperature of what you're pointing it at. Um, but the way that the way that these work is that it's a radius effect. So they're getting an aggregate of whatever they're hitting, and the further away you are, the larger that area is that it's hitting. And but what these people, the mistake that they're making is that it has a laser on top to help you kind of um, to to aim at. But you're not getting the temperature of what the laser is hitting you're getting the temperature of what's either below it or or the area including the laser depending on how far you get how far you get away so that little laser dot it's not actually what you're temping but they but these people are acting as if it is so they're moving the laser dot but if you've ever used one of these you can walk around on a floor and it, it's constantly changing because like you say it's an aggregate temperature so different places in the floor are going to be different temperatures and so it's constantly changing as it gets new information but what they think is that it's a pinpoint accuracy and so the so the people using this show this and the so you have well, videos of course it's on. pinpoint accuracy so I, brian it's got a laser on it right exactly it's got a laser on it if it was and a, everything yeah. with lasers has pinpoint accuracy there you go so they are making mistake number one with the tool that they're using they're not using the right tool um I, I would suggest that it would be better to have use mercury thermometers, and, and because that'll get the that'll that'll really judge the two areas where those mercury thermometers are sitting. But they're not doing that; they're using the wrong tool. Number one, um, they're, they're using it because it's really fancy. And when you get like um, something that uses lasers and re- really highly technologically advanced, people assume that it's going to be the most accurate thing. Right, and of course, it's not. Well, and it is accurate, right? It is a good tool for what it's designed to do, but it's not a tool right. designed to do what they want to do. And and the fact of the matter is that it's reflected light from the coming from the sun. And if you were to um, actually be, if you actually measured them accurately, it should be warmer in the reflected moonlight. But it's going to be very slight. It's not going to yeah, be that minute. much. It's going to yeah. So probably not even measurably warmer in a. In a in any real way. It's well, not within any standard that um, you could equipment. De- right, exactly. Not with standard any, equipment. Any extra warmth you could uh, detect 
would be just due to natural variance. Well, and that's so that's the problem here is that 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 you know the tool that they're using is picking up all of that. And even yeah. still, even when you look at these videos, it's like one or two degrees. It's not substantial. I mean, it, it's with. I mean, it probably even even um, with the temperature difference that they're detecting or with or within a statistical difference for two areas. So the, they're Brian, using the wrong tool. You, it's not significant, statistically significant either. Brian, let me ask you: Has anybody actually scientifically proven antiphotons? I I would imagine that antiphotons exist because there's antiparticles for any positive particle, right? So it's so it's not. But they would not exist in the way that they say that they are because they would because as soon as they hit a positive um, uh, particle, they would dissipate, I think. But I believe you're right about that. Yeah, I'm not a physicist, so they wouldn't make it to the Earth anyway. But maybe if it was putting off enough. Well, if it was putting off that many antiphotons, wouldn't our wouldn't our um, wouldn't they just explode when they hit all the the positive uh, particles in our atmosphere? Wouldn't wouldn't it just be a big explosion? fireball up there yeah they don't even I know what so. anti-photons are they're just thinking they're some sort of different uh yeah some sort of thing energy that takes away right photon it's, it's bad what science. like their their ability to generate mm. heat i guess i yeah, that's exactly what it is. so it I has a cooling effect because the light from the moon has different properties but we all know that a, a pretty much a photon is a photon it can have a positive or negative charge but you know, it's not. It probably would not do what they're claiming it would do. In fact, if it was anti pro anti photons, it would be creating energy when it hit positive protons, and so we would just have a, a we would create more heat, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm I'm totally theorizing here. I uh, once again, uh, we'd have to ask a physicist for sure. But I, the idea that the moonlight has different properties that make things cool, it's like, well, okay, what's the mechanism? They, they, they don't really, can't really tell you a, pl- a plausible mechanism. The other thing they can't answer, if, if the moon is generating its own light, why is it not always full? And why is only half of it lit up? Well, that's what I just said. No, okay. but, but the, 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 the other half of it's dark. We know that. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So why is it not, yeah, yeah why, why is it not gener, yeah, so it, it it's, it's bad science. They're using the wrong tools, and so. But I found it. But it, but well, once again, it was fun. It was fun to go look it up. Based on what they want to say, <clears throat> right? Which is bad science. How is it that the that this, the flat Earth is making such a reappearance? <laughs> I mean, wasn't it? It wasn't the original flat Earth society a spoof, and now actual people was are it? believing it. I thought I thought it was a joke, but maybe not. Uh, the reason the flat Earth society is coming back. Is because all the original members married their cousins. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we don't have anything else, then uh, then that's it. Say goodnight, everybody. Cool. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight. goodnight. Another one in the can. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Cannell. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music 
at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.